Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about the second round of the playoffs. We're going to be previewing the, uh, the semis here. We're going to go through all four matchups, and uh, what's kind of interesting here is we're going to give you, uh, me, Just it's just me today, it's just Taylor. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about who I have favored, and then we also are going to talk about, or again, it's just me today. I'm all alone today on the podcast. I know it's it's normally I got a partner, but today it's solo. Uh, I'm going to talk about who LeBron has. But interestingly, we update the LeBron projections after every single game. So this will be the projections as of May 2nd. So right now, Philly is up 1-0. Miami is up 1-0. Denver's up 2-0. And then the Golden State Laker podcast has it. <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'm all out of sorts today. <laughs> The Golden State Lakers series has not started yet. So one of the interesting things about covering the playoffs, so last year was the first year I did it in podcast form. And it's hard to, because like you, you preview the playoffs in general, right? That that podcast is easy to record because you know when the season ends. But then after that, like series haven't ended yet. And then the next round begins. And then like you're all kind of discombobulated, right? Because I wanted to wait until... I waited till almost all the series, the obviously the Golden State and Kings series ran long before I recapped the first round. And now it's like I want to I want to preview the second round, but Denver already has a 2-0 lead, but the Lakers haven't even played yet, so uh, it's a little tricky to cover it. So that's been a little bit of a learning experience. I think I've done a little better this year than last year, but uh, obviously you would be the judge of that. Let me know at Taylor Metrics on Twitter. Let me know how it's going. Also, I got, uh, I, you know, I, I've actually had a string of good luck here. I've gotten some nice messages on Twitter, just some DMs, which is always nice, and I really appreciate that. And somebody was just like, oh, hey, you know, I just want to let you know I really like the show, uh, like Basketball Index, and, you know, when we're talking basketball at the barbershop all the time, like we, we cite Basketball Index stuff. And I just thought that was really cool. I thought that was really nice. And I feel like I never really say it on this show but well one i appreciate any kind words or really even critics because sometimes people will will dm me and they'll be like oh well you know i disagree about this thing because of this and it's nice when it is a basketball conversation right because <laughs> i'll tell you what i wrote that uh top 75 players mid-season and i got some whoo man i got some uh I got a death threat. No, actually, I didn't. I didn't get a death threat. I didn't technically get a death threat. It was someone on Twitter. The best it wasn't even a DM. It was just on Twitter. It was someone being like considering if they should be like, should I should I start getting back into death threats? And I was like, well, he didn't technically threaten me, which made me feel a little better. But I liked that I had him on the fence. Um, but I want to say I appreciate people that listen. Um, I appreciate people that take the time to send any feedback or just have a conversation with me on Twitter. I do appreciate that because, well, one, I really enjoy basketball. I enjoy talking about it. And then obviously working at Basketball Index, I really enjoy analytics. I like that angle. So I just wanted to say at the, at the beginning of the show, really, I appreciate uh, that people take the time to listen because – you, you know, if you listen to this show, it operates at a breakneck pace. And that is very much on purpose because like the way I see it is if people are going to take the time to listen to the show, I need to make it worth it, right? Like this is, it's different than, so in sports radio, little behind, uh, little inside baseball here behind the curtain, in sports radio, the way it works is you're really excited because you want to work in the industry. And then after like, I don't know, two or three years, you realize that everyone there, like they have a different idea. And there's a couple people that don't, but just generally 
you start to think of it as if you have a three-hour show and it's Monday through Friday, you just think, I have 15 hours to fill. How am I going to fill that 15 hours? How am I going to fill up enough airspace to where like I will continue to be employed here? And that's like a that's flipping it on its head how you're supposed to think of it. And the podcast kind of revolution has been good for that because things don't work in the same way. Whether you know you want to have a 20 minute show or you want to have a three hour show, whatever it may be, you can, but you don't have the existential dread. I mean, you do a little bit just because you're worried about running out of ideas. Like this, personally, I'm always like, oh man, what am I going to talk about this off season? I got to do like 50 episodes before new data comes out <laughs> after the playoffs and like new games have started. But you know, you figure it out along the way. But the idea is you think about what do I want to talk about? What do I want to cover? And then the problem with radio is you start to flip to how do I fill this airtime? And then once you're there creatively, <laughs> you could see how things start to wilt or, uh, you know, the big time, the big time radio guys have been doing it forever. Colin Coward, Jim Rome, things like that. Like they're really, really good at, you know, making, filling a 15 minute segment with like two takes, you know, where it's like they'll put a real solid like three or four minutes together. And then there's some version of, an echo that goes on until the next commercial break. So that all being said, I would just, you know, wanted to say that things on this show are, you know, are well-researched. They are, uh, I try to, you know, whittle it down to like the real bare bones of the argument, try to get to like the heart of things. So I just, that's a really long-winded way of saying thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we're working really hard. Not only is it me, obviously we have people on the show, uh, or I have people on the show that, you know, Tim, Krishna, we have other guys, we have guests on, um, and we really try to vet them, uh, the guests, and make sure we got good people coming on that are not only passionate, but really knowledgeable. So and then behind the scenes, uh, the, the whole Basketball Index team helps me with research on certain things. So really appreciate that. But let's get into uh, to previewing the uh, the second round here of the playoffs. So like I said, again, we're starting mid-series for some of these, so it's a little weird. But let's start with Philly and Boston. Uh, Philly is up 1-0. Obviously, James Harden has a huge game. Boston is favored in this series just generally as a higher seed. But now, after Philly takes the 1-0 lead uh, in LeBron, uh, Philadelphia is favored. Uh, they have 58% chance to win this series. So not too crazy, but obviously Embiid was out. So I went, I was really yo-yo on this series. So I, when I recorded the the first round wrap up, I was like, I'm so excited for this series. This might be the best series in the playoffs coming off of the Kings Golden State, which was fantastic. I was like Philly and Boston. These are two of the best teams in the East. Really excited about it. Obviously Embiid had a big season, especially hot down the stretch. A lot of MVP chatter versus the deepest team in Boston who went to the finals last year. Playoff proven. A lot of good talent over there. And I was so excited. Then, you know, hit record, do the podcast, then go to post it. I find out, like, literally five minutes after that podcast that Embiid has an injury. And I was like, oh, he's not going to play? And then I I was like, well, this really hurts the, uh, the draw of game one if he's out. And then James Harden goes ballistic, and they end up winning the game anyway. So point of that story is... Sports are unpredictable, and you never really know what's going to happen. P.J. Tucker played 37 minutes in this game and did not score. Uh, P.J. Tucker not being an offensive threat has been a theme this year. But who? not only do you not have Embiid, so like your primary guy, but also one of your players playing big-time minutes. Again, P.J. Tucker, 37 minutes, did not score. 
It's insane that Philly won this game. It's insane. I know James Harden had a big game. Maxi not talked about as much for obvious reasons. Just when you score 45 points in a playoff game and you're someone as famous as James Harden, we're going to talk about that. But Maxi put in 23 and just overall impressive win for Philadelphia. Again, they're at 58% according to LeBron. I... This is a tough one. This is a tough one. This is this is what makes the playoffs fun, where people are going to be checking their phone every 15 minutes for the next week and a half, trying to figure out what's going on with Embiid, when he's going to play, if he can play, when he does play, what percentage is he at. Like, this is, this is a really good NBA content fodder, this series. And then, you know, you just have some big-time East Coast cities in Philadelphia and Boston playing each other. So a lot of good stuff here. I'm really interested to see what happens as the series plays out because, I don't know if you can hear me fence-sitting right now, but I am. I'm on the fence. Uh, Harden, I still had him as a top-20 player. I think in my rankings, I had him like 19th. I still thought he should have been an all-star this year, but he is not the same player he was in Houston. I think we've all come to an agreement on that. We all know that. I did not think he had a 45-point playoff game left in him because he's one of those guys like, you know, you, you're you casual. It's kind of like AD. You know, you're just kind of casually watching the game, and then you look up, and you're like, oh, I guess AD does have like 22 points and, and nine rebounds. Uh, like, I, I wanted him to do more, but then like it's like the fourth quarter, and you're like, well, I guess it was fine. Uh, Harden's another guy. It's really easy for him to rack up points and, and assists. All of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, it's in the third quarter and Harden has 17 points and, and five assists and, like, there's still, you know, a quarter and a half left to play. I, I guess that just sort of happened. So I thought he would be a really good rudder that would help stabilize things with Embiid running the show. And I did not think he had that kind of volcanic eruption, 45 points, getting super hot from three, just kind of unstoppable in a game. Uh, I did not think he had that anymore physically. But uh, again, if the theme of this episode is the NBA playoffs are unpredictable and you just don't know what's going to happen. So uh, Philly and Boston, it became uh, an interesting series in a different way after game one. So I'm interested to see how Harden responds in game two. Um, I don't know who I think is going to win this series because fully healthy, I, I, I liked Embiid. I like picking the team with the best player. Obviously, depth is really important. We did a whole episode podcast on, on team depth. Uh, this, is, this is one where you really want to get into the team depth app here on the Basketball Index website, and you want to start looking up, okay, what does Philly have behind him? Because I'm interested. Like, how much can DeAnthony Melton do offensively? Really good defensive player, really good perimeter defender, but they need offense from from everyone, really. They need P.J. Tucker to not score zero points in 37 minutes because uh, maybe James Harden does average 45 for the series. Maybe he gets in a time machine. It's it's really fun when when older Hall of Fame pay, players do that, but normally they can't do it for you know like five games in a row. I I really I don't know why I I had a hot take earlier in uh, in the Basketball Index Slack channel where I was like I don't think Boston's gonna make the finals, and I was like I don't even think they're gonna make the conference finals, and I don't know why I had that feeling. I think maybe I don't believe in their. Their offensive versus really good defensive teams, you know, in the second round of the playoffs. Maybe that's what it is. But I still kind of want to go Philly here. But obviously, the you know, in 15 minutes, if I get a new update on Embiid's uh, injury, that that could change my opinion. Uh, let's move on to New York and Miami. Right now, Miami is up 1-0. 
according to LeBron, again, this is after them winning this first game. Miami has a 60% chance to win the series. Uh, Jimmy Butler sprained his ankle at the end of the game. Julius Randle missed game one, uh, also with a sprained ankle. And this is another really, really interesting series because New York is really deep and they have like nine pretty good players, which is it's less valuable in the playoffs, but options are always nice. And then if someone goes down with an injury like Randall, you can replace that easier. And Miami is a team that I thought was good heading into the season. Had a lot of injuries, just a lot of struggles. Like nothing went right for Miami this year. Because normally how the season goes is, you know, you like who you like at the beginning of the year. And then there's a bunch of good and bad breaks throughout the season. And some teams just, their season gets torpedoed. And it's like, I don't even know if that team was that bad. But just nothing right went right for them. And I feel like that was the script for Miami this year. Where I was like, you know, the the core of this team is is pretty good. They're a good defensive team. They're well coached. Jimmy Butler's obviously a good player, but and they're you know they they have they should be solid. But you know there was injuries. There it's just again everything. If you p- paid closer attention to this team throughout the year, it was just like a slog all year. And I mean the last probably third of the season was better. Obviously Jimmy Butler took it to another level. I guess that's the only thing that broke right. But I don't even know if that's been anything breaking right. It's like your best player is just really really good. Uh, and overcame a lot of problems. And then they lose Tyler Hero to a broken hand in the first round, where it was like heading into the playoffs. The problem with Miami was they have Jimmy Butler, who's a pretty darn good player, and then they have Tyler Hero as a secondary offensive punch, where it's like, okay, you got you got two guys that can create. And then the problem was it was like, well, the, this team only has two guys that can create, right? And they are not a very good three-point shooting team. Now, your secondary creator breaks his hand, and then you're like, well, they're probably just not going to be able to score enough points to win the series. That would be my natural kind of thought. And then Jimmy Butler just goes turbo and just starts filling it up in a way we've never really seen him do it before, I think. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would imagine not. And then they become the hottest three-point shooting team in the world here for like two weeks. So my gut feeling is that should run out of gas. And then Jimmy Butler spraying his ankle really doesn't help that. But they are up 1-0 versus New York. And I would say of all the teams you could play, again, New York, a good basketball team, playing well. But in terms of top-end talent, late in the playoffs, that's where the top-end talent shines. They don't really have that. You know, I love Jalen Brunson. But I don't think anyone thinks Jalen Brunson is a top 20 player because he's not. But good player, very good player. Uh, I'm interested to see how this series shakes up because this is a weird second-round series. One of these teams is going back to the conference finals. Miami might make the conference finals for a third time in four years, which would be crazy. Does that count as – it's not a dynasty because you didn't win any championships – it's got to count as something, though. I, we need another word for that. They would say, you know, oh, the, like, you know, it would be like, oh, you know, back in the late 80s, that, that you know, team had some good team. Or, like, in the early 2000s, those Kings teams were pretty good. I guess that's how we, we should we should come up with a word for that. Uh, moving on to the West. Or, I guess, so LeBron has Miami at 60% chance to win this series. I am going to go. I'm going to go New York. I think Miami's just going to run out of gas. Um, and I think if I keep predicting Miami to run out of gas and the gaslight is on 
at some point in the playoffs here, I will be right. <laughs> because I think how it works right now is when your gaslight turns on, that means, hey, you're kind of close to running out of gas. And then in newer cars, it will give you the exact miles. But when it hits zero, I think you still got like three quarters of a tank. I think I watched a YouTube video on this once. I think they drove for 22 minutes before it ran out. So Miami is like, they're not quite metal on metal, but they're very, very, very close. And that's why I'm going to go to New York. Uh, let's move on to the West. So Denver is up 2-0 over Phoenix. And it sounds weird to say this because Denver's been the best team in the West all year. But I feel like I was the contrarian all year being like, no, no, no. I just really think Denver is that good. I think they're really great. I think their offense is, I don't know if unstoppable is the right word, but can play in fifth gear. I think for like a whole series, like I don't really think that's a problem. And I think their defense is uh, g good enough when your offense is that good, right? Where it was like they did the things they needed to do in the offseason. They brought in KCP and Bruce Brown. Those were two really good pieces. And then Christian Braun has played better as the season has gone on. He's a rookie. He's a He's got some size on the perimeter, and he moves really well. So... Denver's issues as as they've been building up to being a good team it was like oh, it really needs some more defense and then it's like well they've they've added that over the last year they've added like three pretty good defensive players so I really like Denver a lot obviously they're up two versus Phoenix CB3 leaves the game with a groin injury and when you build a team that is super top heavy you just can't have injuries like whether or not Chris Paul was good enough to be a difference maker in the end of that game is I, I don't even really care but you can't be, you can't have a big three or in this case, you know, top four and have injuries to those guys. Like it's just not going to work because I, I was going to throw it together, but it's basically like all of Phoenix's role players scored like combined like eight points in the whole game. Whereas if you, those non four guys, there was basically no offensive contribution. And you don't need those guys to be world beaters, but they do, they do have to combine score like double digit points. Um, but LeBron has Denver favored now, 83% to win the series. When you're up 2-0, obviously that's really going to skew that really heavily. Uh, Denver has their, their eight-man rotation locked in. Like They seem like they have handled the season well, where first half of the season they were just blowing doors off of teams. Jokic was playing at an unbelievable level. The offense just night to night is a lot to deal with for an opposing team. Then there was some coasting that went on in the second half, which, you know, it happens. You know, if you watch enough good teams, it's like it's really, really hard to be locked in for an entire season. Like it's really difficult. And, you know, something could be said of, you know, you go into coast mode for a couple weeks and then you try to ramp up at the end of the season. And when that's not done correctly, that can torpedo a team's season. They can, you know, they, they lose the momentum and then they get knocked out in the first round or two and they were just sort of discompobulated they weren't playing their best basketball yada 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 but Denver seems to have done that correctly and has kind of like saved fuel you know late in the season and then we're able to like you know hit the gas again and, and you know move into the playoffs playing uh the basketball they want to play and kind of peaking at the right time Aaron Gordon has been phenomenal Jamal Murray has been the Jamal Murray experience where there's been some extremely volatile big time scoring games and then there's other games where you're like i just need you to get it going and then he hits like two crazy shots and you're like you kind of forget that he was one for nine or whatever in the first three quarters of the game 
So that the Nuggets are are playing like the Nuggets right now. So I I really like the Nuggets to win this series. I I've said it all year. I think the Nuggets are going to the finals. I think they might win the championship. I think if I was picking today, I would pick Denver to win the championship. And I think I picked them like six months ago. So I still feel good about that. Uh, let's talk about the last series here: Golden State versus LA. Obviously, this has, hasn't happened yet, but LeBron has Golden State winning at sixty-two percent. So you know, uh, they it's leaning that way, but nothing crazy in terms of odds. I I went for a walk today, and I was thinking about this series. Obviously, I spend a little bit more time on Lakers stuff because I'm a Laker fan. So just in terms of like thought. Uh, I actually try to keep the podcast content fair throughout the league. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about the better teams a little bit more. And then we're going to talk about big market teams probably a little bit more. But that's just because they're generally doing more things, <laughs> whether it's being good or having a lot of drama or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, the, the podcast is going to skew that way. But we, we really do try to make an effort to cover the entire league. But with Lakers stuff, I normally have... Uh, a more insightful take because I just watch way more of them than any other team. And then also Tim, <laughs> Tim just doing an absurd amount of research on them at all times. And, you know, you, I just get a little of that via osmosis, but again, this hinges on LeBron where I, I hope that the longer the playoffs go, the better his foot is because Prior to the foot injury, so they made all the trades, and they played a few games, and they looked really good. Like, they looked where I was like, this team, like, after the trade deadline, I was like, oh, this is a second-round team. Like, this is this team's good enough to be a second-round team. Then they played some games, and I was like, oh, the high-end version of this team is very good. Like, Western Conference Finals, possibly Finals. Like, they are, they got more than a puncher's chance. Like, they're probably not the favorite, but, like, you don't want to play them. They're dangerous. Then LeBron has the foot injury. He misses some time, and then he comes back, and it's it's honestly like he stepped in cement, and now there's a cement block on his foot, and he is. It seems like he's moving. I don't know. I don't know if you just shoot it up and you don't feel it, or LeBron's pretty tough, but like there's there's not really. I'm not even seeing grimacing or limping or anything like that. But it's obviously hindering him on offense, and. AD has been an absolute monster. He was a monster in the first series. Defensively, there were games, especially that closeout game, where it was like, I don't know if I've really seen <laughs> like a lot of defensive players playing at a higher level than this. Like the just the the defensive playmaking alone has been insane. And then just the rim protection has been has been really elite. So I think as long as AD can play at that that super high end level, because here's the thing: like to keep advancing in the playoffs, you need one or two, or maybe in some cases, three guys playing at a level that is. How would you describe it? A level that like a computer doesn't predict players to play at for like two months. <laughs> if that makes sense, like you just have to go turbo mode. And just reach a level that is like transcendent in basketball for like a whole playoff run. And that's how you like get like there's not a lot of teams limping to the finals, right? You come across teams where it's like, oh, the best player on their team is playing the best basketball of their career. Well, like this is going to be a problem to beat. <laughs> so they need AD to play 
he plays differently than because I mean I think the, the easiest thing to say is like oh you need bubble Anthony Davis, but that Anthony Davis like physically isn't there anymore. He doesn't like move around the perimeter with the ball in the same way, and he's just like in the restricted area far more. He's also just like bigger now. He's older, obviously. He's probably a little bit stronger because he's a little heavier, but they need AD to be a dominant player. And then uh, on the other side. Steph Curry's playing at a really high level. I'm not super impressed with everybody else. Like, there's a floor built into Wiggins. There's a, a floor built into Draymond where, you know, you have enough. You have enough there with your starters, and then you have Divincenzo and Gary Payton. Where it's like, this team's not going to be like. This team's not going to be bad. Like, I, there's not. I don't think there's like a version of Golden State where like they're getting like swept by anybody. You know, because the floor's so high, but. Kavon Looney also, so I will say, so Steph and Kavon Looney are playing at really, really high levels. Obviously, Kavon Looney's age helps, right? He's not in his 30s. But other than that, you know, Poole, I think, had one good game that I saw. Clay has, he's, you know, been fine. Wiggins, it's tough because he was so good last year in the playoffs, and he missed a lot of time heading into the playoffs. So you're just not, like, exactly sure where he is in terms of, like, Locked in makes it sound like mentally he's not interested. It's not. It's not a mental thing. It's just like like a rhythm. I mean, that's a better word. Where it's like if you don't play basketball for a while, um, it, just like getting your rhythm and just kind of getting everything operating at like a eight or a nine or a ten across the board for your skill set is it, just, it takes some tinkering, takes some time to do. So this is one I'm not sure on. Golden State again, sixty two percent favored according to LeBron, but. The X factors in this series are, is Steph alone as, like, a really big difference maker? I mean, Looney, Looney's so crazy. Like, it's weird to, to group them together. But, like, Looney had a double-double with just rebounds in one of those games. I think he had 10. I think it was 10 offensive rebounds and 11 defensive rebounds. That was pretty crazy. Um, are, is kind of like the crew on Golden State going to play at their dynasty level? Or are they going to play at the level that we've kind of seen them at this year? Which, like, it's good. It's not great. It's good. They just also have Steph Curry on their team. And then with the Lakers, their X factor is you have LeBron, who's, you know, an older player who's dealing with an injury. And those normally, like, a player beyond 35 that is dealing with injuries doesn't have the juice to overcome the the giant they're trying to beat or whatever it is. But when you're the greatest player ever, it does make it a little different. Anthony Davis is is humming defensively, like offensively, like sure there was like a little bit of ups and downs. But two things: the Grizzlies played pretty big that series, so like they had Xavier Tillman and Jaron playing a lot of the games. So there's just like a lot of traffic going on there. That's not going to be the case with Golden State, I don't think, as much. So AD, I think it'll be a little easier for him to score in this series. But defensively, he's playing at like like a Spinal Tap eleven, and that's <laughs> that's pretty. Pretty lethal. I'm really excited to see him on the perimeter defensively and how that deals with Steph Curry. Whether you know Steph gets the better of that matchup or or AD, but there I don't know. Just during his Laker tenure, I know there was like a, a dip in in production or quality or whatever you want to call it uh, after the title. But when Anthony Davis is guarding the player with the ball like over and over again. The player with the ball, like, basically never wins. Like, sure, here and there are their plays where it's like, oh, did AD 
uh, just misread that or maybe like the motor wasn't maybe as high as it should have been there or, you know, players makes tough shot. But majority of the time that he has been really his whole career, but especially on the Lakers, if you go at AD over and over and over again, that basically never works for the offensive team. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really interested. I'm really excited. I think I've said all I've needed to say about uh, these four matchups. I'm uh, obviously very excited about this. I think the playoff basketball has been good. There's been drama. There's been drama on the court. There's been drama off the court. There's been a lot to talk about. Uh, But I'm going to go with, in this series, ooh, it's hard. Ooh, man. My little little predictor in my brain is like, you know, on The Price is Right, where that big wheel is spinning. It's like, and you're like trying to eyeball, where's it going to land? Where's it going to land? Is he going to get the five cent or the dollar or the 95 or like the 60? Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Lakers. I'm going to go with the Lakers at 51% uh, confidence confidence interval for me. but, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for these four series. Uh, Philly and Boston, uh, I, I I really like that series coming in. And the Embiid injury is just like, oh, man. Also, did CP3 make a deal with the devil, right? So he got injured in the playoffs again. But, like, was the deal like, hey, I want to play in the NBA for 20 years. But every time I have a chance to do something in the playoffs, I got to get hurt. Uh, I don't know. That's just what it feels like. A Twilight Zone type situation with Chris Paul. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. My name is Taylor. Again, if you uh, if you have anything you want to say, you want to tell me about basketball or analytics or basketball index, whatever it is, on uh, Twitter at TaylorMetrics. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.